to the Mike Prowse Solo Travel Podcast. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam. Can you guess where I am? That's right, I'm in Rome, magnet down the ages for artists and thinkers who represent all that's great about humanity. And the Solo Travel Podcast is brought to you by TechGuard Home Security Systems, because burglaries are on the rise. Give them the chance, they'll kill you. New visitors to Rome should make their way to the Spanish Steps and the wonderful Keats House. Here, the ailing poet's books and artefacts can be seen in all their glory. But he died of tuberculosis, so do take a few hand wipes. Keats was on the Grand Tour, which would see young Englishmen sent off to soak up the artistic glories that Europe had to offer, and to meet prostitutes. It was a rite of passage for young men in the 17th century, in much the same way that Centre Parks is for many families now. Without the prostitutes, in case the lawyers are listening. Although you can get them there. The Keats House contains one of the finest collections of romantic literature in the world. As soon as you step inside, the spirit of the age fills you. You can feel Wordsworth communing with nature in a bit to make sense of the horrors of post-revolutionary France. You can see how Byron felt compelled to take his fatal stand in the Greek Revolt. You can almost hear Shelley trying to get off with his cousin. No such pleasures for me. My cousin is appalling, and this is very much a trip of the intellect. I've just handed over the manuscript of a new literary travel guide to my Italian publisher, so with a day to kill, I'm going to make a pilgrimage and visit the grave of Keats to recite his Ode on a Grecian Urn. This poem contains the line which inspired my title, Keats and Rome, Beauty is in the Eye of the Beholder. It is for me a line which we should perhaps remember the next time we stand and berate someone over their appearance. And where better to start a pilgrimage to a grave than underground? There's a very simple problem with Rome's tube system. The metro doesn't take you very far. That's because subterranean Rome is a historical minefield. Children who liked to dig would routinely uncover treasures, catalogue them, and establish mini streetside play museums. Schoolyards would ring with debate about whether that morning's pottery find was imperial or Byzantine. And by 1964, the average age of a qualified archaeologist in Rome was nine. These days, Public infrastructure projects almost always uncover artefacts, and it halts construction for years. The problem is so serious, the mayor of Rome, Gianfranco Bassino, recently said, The soil holds many secrets. It's doing my head in. I wish that we had never been born. That's my translation, by the way. Darling! There's someone in the house! The children!
don't wake up saying this. Fit a tech guard home security system before something absolutely dreadful happens. I'm in the Colosseum, where night upon night, gladiators fought for the patronage of emperors, only to be torn to pieces by wild animals as Christians burned for the gratification of the baying mob. Standing here now, it's hard to believe some of the appalling seating and restricted sight lines those audiences had to endure. But thankfully, the theatre industry has moved on. It's ironic that back then, Entertainment was free, laid on by the emperor. Now, entry is 16 euros, and no one gets so much as a punch in the face. I thought that in this place of horror, I'd expose myself to beauty by browsing the compendium of poetry that accompanies me on my travels. All the greats are in here. Byron, Wordsworth, Shelley, Roger McGough, and, of course, Keats. It's incredible to think, as I sit here getting stuck into Child Harold, that this was a forum of sickeningly inventive death. The Colosseum brought grim violence to the people of Rome on a blockbuster scale. Grizzled gladiators learned that the price of freedom was to have a fight with a lion and not lose. Elephants stood on virgins, Desperate to escape, the virgins ran straight into the doomed embrace of burning Christians. I sometimes imagine the onlookers after the spectacle, sitting back in the dwindling sunlight, gazing at the blood-stained sand and thinking, that was absolutely brilliant. In my book, Keats and Rome, Beauty is in the Eye of the Beholder, I record the fact that the poet visited the Colosseum in 1820, but he didn't talk to anyone about it or write anything down. In fact, you could say he had no opinion about the Colosseum at all. You can find more anecdotes like this in my book when it's published next month. standing in the Sistine Chapel at the centre of the Vatican, the Pope's Batcave. If I were to look up, I would see the chapel's ceiling, viewed by many as a masterpiece, whose sublimity is unrivalled in the West. But I won't. That's because the floor of the Sistine Chapel is surely one of the wonders of the world, of floors. Its intricate marble patterns are the equal, if not the superior, of the overrated ceiling. And it's worth noting that there is nothing in the historical record to suggest that Michelangelo didn't lay this floor the moment he'd finished work on that ceiling. Standing in the Sistine Chapel, I'm reminded of the story of how Mozart visited this place as a young man and heard Allegri's Miserere, which was then forbidden to be sung outside the Vatican. The 14-year-old Mozart heard the piece just twice, then went away, wrote it down entirely from memory, and distributed it so the world could marvel at its beauty. Hearing this story, it's hard not to think of this as the world's first instance of file-sharing. 
with Mozart as a kind of 18th century version of Napster, and Pope Clement XIV as Metallica. I'm now at Rome's Protestant cemetery, the end of my poetry pilgrimage. With its rough-hewn walls and landscaped lawns, I can't think of a nicer place to lie beneath the cypress trees and slowly decompose. But a word of warning, Protestants. Don't think for a moment that you'll be parked here just because you carked here. Burials in the Protestant cemetery are strictly for the famous and fashionable, so if your name's not in, you're not going down. Here we have it, a small, white headstone, the grave of the 25-year-old John Keats. You know, not too far from here, the Vatican glories in its architectural feats of commemoration. But are they really more beautiful than these cypress trees? On the grand tomb of St Peter is written in marble, Ego sum via veritas et vita. Yet here, on Keats's humble headstone, we read, Here lies one whose name was writ in water. The simple, unifying truth is that I don't know what either of them mean. From popes to poets, we mourn in our own way. I hope you enjoy Keats and Rome, Beauty is in the Eye of the Beholder, published next month. But let's recall the line as Keats intended. Ode on a Grecian urn. Thou still unravished bride of quietness, thou foster child of silence and slow time. Sylvan historian, who canst thus express a flowery tale more sweetly than our rhyme? What leaf fringed legend? It's quite long actually, hang on. What pipes and timbrels? Where is it? Uh, bid the spring adieu, burning forehead. Ah, here we go. To whom thou sayest, beauty is truth, truth beauty. Yeah, it's beauty's truth, isn't it? Not, not beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Not quite sure where I got that from, sorry. Should probably have a quick chat with my publisher, actually. It just remains for me to say that this edition of the Mike Prowse Solo Travel Podcast was brought to you by TechGuard Home Security. Looking out for your children. When a lunatic looks in.